Porn Free Radio, episode 138. Hi, Matt. I just wanted to send you a quick note to thank you for all you do and all you have done. Today marks two years of staying porn free for me. Wait a second. <laughs> two years. Wait, I, I, I'm going to read the rest of this uh, email, but two years staying porn free. This needs a little more drama. Let me put a little music here. All right, that's better. Let me start this over. Today marks two years of staying porn-free for me, and you have been absolutely instrumental in empowering me to get to this point. I think it's fair to say that my life changed the morning in January 2016 that I discovered your podcast. I was on the verge of acting out and ending a mini run of about two weeks, but instead, listen to your first two podcasts and found a door that I didn't know existed. It's difficult to explain, but it feels like I've experienced life in HD over the last 24 months. In particular, I've been very grateful for a better understanding of love, patience, humility, and peace. In some respects, I know I am still just beginning this lifelong journey. I still have behavior I want to improve upon and redirect to more sound activities. But the energy and confidence I feel to take it all on makes me excited for the future. In 2018, I will look to help others and paying it forward will be the best way to thank you. I wish you and your family all the best this holiday season and happy new year, Dave. Well, that's amazing. And I'm so excited for you, Dave. And if you're listening to Dave's story right now, this could be the beginning for you. This could be the beginning. This could be the year you go porn free. This could be the year that you start to do things different and take action. This could be your story. Be encouraged and let's start the show. Welcome back to Porn Free Radio, and uh, boy, it was great reading that letter from Dave, and it totally jacks me up, uh, uh, just because it's it's it just gets me excited um, to see the possibility of what happens when guys take action and uh, aren't just listeners but are action takers, and I'm totally excited. Now, Dave, I know a little bit about his journey. Um, and you know, he's done some things, um, over the last couple of years. It wasn't just that he listened to the podcast and a switch flipped. He took action. Uh, one of the things he did is he joined a group. He made a plan. Uh, he started uh, talking with his wife more openly about what was going on. Some of the things he was hiding, some of the things he had been doing. And so it was a commitment to transparency. You know, he mentioned having a bit a better understanding of humility um, that's, uh, I think some of the stuff that he did, he did some things that were humbling. Um, he asked for help. And so it's really cool to see him put it together. And he's been a real inspiration to, uh, to me and to, to other guys in the journey. And he's already, uh, paying back what he said, paying it forward, so to speak. 
So, and that totally can be your story. And um, um, so I want to get into this episode, and this is going to be an episode where I read your letters. Uh, the last two podcasts have gotten more letters than just about any podcast I've ever done. So we're going to get into some of those letters. I want to talk about Rev Group Coaching real quick. You know, I sent a survey link on Monday uh, to some listeners, and one man responded that the most frustrating thing he was struggling with in his trying to quit porn was finding others in the same situation who were willing to get real and talk about their struggles. And a rev group will give you that overnight. So this month, we have some open spots reserved for new guys. So don't miss out. Go to recoverman.com slash register and sign up for uh, one of the open spots. That's recoveredman.com slash register. All right, so let's get into this episode where um, uh, I, I'm just going to be reading through a number of letters. Uh, there were quite a few thank yous that came in and a couple of, uh, uh, a couple of milestones reached. Uh, one milestone was from a listener named Kevin. Um, just a couple days ago, he sent me this email uh, that was just titled, One Year Sober Today. And then there was just an emoticon happy face and... He said something like, thanks for your podcast. <laughs> so um, I, um, I was curious what he was doing to celebrate. So uh, I emailed him back and he was probably on his phone or something because he wrote back a really short answer. But I said, what are you doing to celebrate tonight? And he wrote, dinner and Star Wars, baby. So that's awesome. That's a great way to celebrate one year sober. And uh, Kevin, great job on this year. Keep going. Um, keep going to where, where Dave got to two years, keep, uh, keep listening and, and keep, uh, taking action. Uh, got another email, deepest thanks. Uh, this comes from Chris. He writes, um, Matt, words cannot express the gratitude I have, uh, to you educating me and the rest of the community. You encourage me every day as I binge listen to your podcasts and I'm listening to you more than the Grizz. Sorry, Jason. Oh man, why you gotta do that to to Jason the Grizz? Um, he's just a podcaster trying to make a podcast that people listen to. It's not a competition, um, but <laughs> sorry, Grizz. Um, yeah, Grizz, sorry, buddy. Let me. I'm gonna. You know what? I want to encourage you, Grizz, out there. If you're listening, Grizz, uh, Jason, George, I want to give you a uh, what do you call it? A grizzly growl. Yeah, there you go. All right. Okay, so back to Chris's email. You're an encourager. Uh, keep it up. I'm swimming in tools that I've yet to implement. If I may, I'd like to pray for you in your podcast. This is interesting. He writes, Lord Jesus, continue to guide Matt and his leadership with the podcast as he breathes life into us from you. I give thanks for him and his stewardship of the gift uh, you're, you blessed him with, with much gratitude in your name. Amen. Thank you, Matt, for all you do. Keep pressing in respectfully, Chris. Well, thank you for the prayers, Chris. And, um, and hey, one thing I'd like to say, and I love what you said, you said, I'm swimming in tools that I've yet to implement. And one particular uh, uh, danger of binge listening to Porn for Radio is you can't implement all the tools if you just keep binge listening. 
So the next time you hear a tool that you think you should implement, stop what you're doing, maybe even stop with that podcast and take steps to take the next right action to put that in place. As opposed to continuing to accumulate tools that you're not using, find one tool and commit to it. Uh, And then come back and add another tool. Uh, Okay, so think about that. All right, thanks, Chris. All right, here's another one. Uh, Greg wrote, thank you, Matt. You and your ministry give me hope. Now, I don't always think of this as a ministry. I, I know a lot of Christian guys listen, a lot of guys from religious backgrounds listen, but I appreciate what you're saying. Um, there is a piece of this uh, that is, um, it's missional in the sense that uh, I remember what it was like not having resources, not having a guide when I was early on in my recovery. And so part of what I'm doing here is really trying to create that resource. And uh, if you want to call it a ministry, that's great. It's, it's, it's what I do, and I think it's important, and I, uh, I'm happy to, to be the, the vessel uh, to do it. So I appreciate you, Greg. Uh, all right, here's another one. I love you. Okay, now this isn't a Matt love fest. I'm just getting rid of, I'm, I'm getting through the thank yous. Uh, there's, there's definitely more uh, questions and some other stuff uh, that I'm getting to in these letters, but I'm just getting through these real quick. Uh, subject, I love you. Um, I've never heard anything about you or Porn Free Radio until the Breaking Free Summit. And boy, I'm grateful to God for you. So um, at the beginning of December, I was involved in the Breaking Free uh, online summit hosted by Michael Leahy. I I did uh, four sessions over the 10 days. And uh, so there were a whole bunch of new listeners from from being in that that summit. And so welcome. Uh, uh, This is from David. Welcome, David. Welcome, everyone else uh, who who, uh, has started listening. Uh, So David writes, I just jammed to In Flames with you on your podcast. Uh, So I think it was back in, uh, well, I guess it was last week's episode, uh, episode uh, 137. Uh, I talked about doing a little uh, anger management with heavy metal music and played a little In Flames. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen. It's at the 40 one minute mark and uh, it's a little intense and and that's what david says he says i know it's a little intense but i love you so much i thank god for you and i'll be turning tuning in every time i can to your podcast i appreciate how practical you are in coaching and suggestions i'm still in a high from that jam session ha ha regards david well thanks david and uh, let's just keep it going i had another listener and i i don't have his name here um his subject, uh, the subject of his email was, cool, you met the In Flames singer. Um, cool, you met the In Flames singer. T- and then he writes, take this life used to be my ringtone, LOL. Have a great day. Thanks for your podcast and hard work. And uh, take this life is by In Flames, but it is really hard. Uh, I don't think you, I would have any listeners if I played Take This Life and tried to sing it. So uh, check it out on Spotify next time you're there. Take This Life, very intense. Um, this listener goes on to write, I grew up listening to hardcore, uh, but now I'm feeling too old. When I headbanged, my neck hurt the next couple of days. Oh, well, LOL. Well, we're all getting older. Um, so thanks for, thanks for that note. All right, the Coda Music... <laughs> 
the coda of music in your podcast is basic. <laughs> so I guess this there's kind of a musician theme here. There's a number of musicians checking in. Um, I had to look up what coda music is. I guess it means your like your outro. Um, so this is from Albert, who's a musician. And uh, he writes, uh, thank you for your podcast. They've been a big part of my recovery over the last three months. And just a quick update on the newest podcast, uh, the Five Minute Self Care One, episode 137. I must say that Philip Glass will endanger Chopin at my number one piano composer spot. Nevertheless, solo piano sounds great, and we'll be listening to it on the plane tonight. Number two, In Flames, uh, like your vocals a lot. Ever heard of Mushuga? Uh, seen them live, they absolutely destroy everything. And uh, all the best. If we don't exchange messages, have a wonderful Christmas and a great 2018. 2018. You are a great man, and you are helping a lot of men becoming and staying great. P.S. I'm a musician, and I kind of like the intro-outro music you have on your podcast. Who knows? I might record uh, a nice bass line uh, to the original, as it is a tad basic. Now, he had sender's remorse after he wrote this, and uh, he wrote me a quick note that says, one more thing, I've been feeling bad because I said the bass line in your coda music was basic. Um, I have genuine guilt over that in my head because I said that. So, Albert, it's okay. If you want to record, re-record the, uh, the, the, the theme to my show, do it. I'd love it. Uh, if you want to write a new one, any musicians out there, if you... Uh, feel like you can do better or you have a great idea, uh, hit me up. Uh, I, I'm open for some new music. So, And as for your comments, one, uh, didn't mean to endanger Chopin at the number one uh, piano composer. You can listen to both Chopin and Philip Glass. It's not a contest. You don't have to choose. And uh, But yeah, he's mentioning I played uh, some solo piano in episode 137. And then again, he calls out In Flames. And uh, believe it or not, I mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned Meshuggah. Um, I, my old company, um, they were an endorser. And so um, there was a, a, a Meshuggah signing at an event um, that I was dealing with. So I actually was with those guys. Um, I didn't know their music really great at the time. Uh, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like In Flames where I was like kind of starstruck. Uh, so I did get to see them. And I did mention that I didn't get to meet uh, any of my heroes in the last episode. And that's not totally true. Um, the last year I worked uh, at the job, I got to meet uh, Dave Mustaine from Megadeth and um, uh, shoot, who, one other guy, um, uh, Jason Mraz. So I got to meet a few people here and there. Uh, Sheila E., um, who, when I met Sheila E, I said to her, and she was, um, she was very pretty and just uh, like a star when I met her. So I was a little starstruck. The only thing I could say to her is you are very glamorous in person. And she, she thanked me. Uh, and then I realized later that she had this single called the glamorous life. So literally I just, basically her biggest hit I name dropped in complimenting her, uh, which I realized later was like a, com <laughs> a complete fanboy type thing to do. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, so yeah, I've met some people uh, in the past, and uh, but I love the Meshuggah reference, and yes, they do absolutely destroy everything. So thanks, Albert. How about this subject? Unicorn in captivity. Man, you guys are pulling out the creativity. It's crazy. Um, this comes from Rob. <laughs> and Rob wrote a really long email. He really responded to episode 137. So let me get into a couple of these things and call out a couple of things that he sent me. Um, um, he wrote, well, I wish I had some great victory email to send you. In reality, I've only been two days clean. Uh, I've had periods of a week or two in the past, but I seem to, to relapse. I do find good art, that includes music, really helps put me in the mood and focuses my energy on healthy things. I found the most recent podcast, episode 137, to be very inspiring. I am a musician, and when I want to refocus my energy away from porn, I often take inspiration from some of my favorite musicians and some of my favorite art. Uh, it's quite late, so I won't send a big email tonight, but I feel moved to share with you some of my art collection, art that sets me in a certain mood in my home and seems to lift my spiritual and emotional energy to a new level. I hope this doesn't seem too much of a pointless show and tell, but I just felt strongly uh, to, show, uh, to show you a few things. So he did this. He, uh, the email had a number of attachments, and he walked me through them. So number one, he said, since you mentioned Philip Glass, I thought I would send you a pic with Philip Glass from about 15 years ago, taken at one of his solo piano concerts. So it's a picture of Rob and Philip Glass, which is awesome. I wish it was me. I, I'm thinking about printing this picture out and putting my face over Rob's and pretending that Philip Glass is hanging out with me. Uh, he also included a signed a picture of a signed uh, lithograph by Carlos Santana. Um, and it's this really cool picture. Um, then he hipped me to a couple of the unicorn tapestries. Um, so I, this is really hard to explain if you've never seen this, but the unicorn in captivity is one and the unicorn by the fountain is another. And it's these old tapestries from the 1400s that... I, People don't actually, I don't know a lot about the artists, um, but they're these intricate tapestries uh, with unicorns, but then they're in scenes with floral and other trees and things that are really cool and intricate. And, you know, I talked about staring at this Kandinsky, and I got to be honest, the Kandinsky is very geometrical, and, you know, it, it could be looked at by some as kind of boring. Well, I dare you to, to, to look up the unicorn in captivity and stare at it and really study it and, and not be somewhat interested. Uh, there's just really cool things. And Rob says that the image just transforms his mood uh, to a serene medieval world. It fires up his mythic imagination, uh, which uh, he says helps keep away some of the sexual fantasizing. Um, and so I like that idea of, of engaging our mythic imagination. You know, I used to have a friend who um, said one of the harms of porn and sex addiction is that uh, our imagination um, gets kind of compromised. We end up spending all our energy imagining 
fantasy uh, of, of just sex. And so we, we end up having sort of this imagination that's been compromised. And so one of the things that uh, he used to talk about was a prayer of actually praying for God to cleanse your imagination, meaning to restore the gift of imagining and the gift of mythic imagination, as, as Rob says, you know, this idea of, you know, what's possible or what can I, how can my imagination be restored uh, where I'm not just fantasizing about, about um, you know, women and having sex and sort of these uh, narcissistic fantasies, but I'm actually engaging my imagination to create uh, new work, uh, to, to, to visualize things I want in life and things I want to pursue. I mean, all that kind of thing. So um, I love, Rob, that you said that, that that's what that art does for you. Um, he said, I love the resonance I get from old pieces of art, the history, the mystery, the mythology. It's endlessly fascinating. Um, all right, so he throws in a couple of pictures from El Greco. Um, he said, I discovered the word of El Greco through one of my um, favorite musicians, uh, uh, Vangelis, and, and, and it could be Vangelis. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's the guy who did the the Chariots of Fire music and a lot of soundtracks. He's Greek. Um, and I guess El Greco, um, I think he did a movie uh, about El Greco and did the music. Um, so Rob said he never took any art courses in college, but El Greco has a painting where Mary Magdalene is crying and it blew Rob away. How could someone paint tears? So uh, anyway, again, El Greco, great choice. He, he, um, um, uh, he uh, attached a picture of the crucifixion with two donors by El Greco. Pretty cool picture. Uh, and then the last thing he wrote was um, he wrote, he sent, he hipped me to the, the French abstract painter uh, who I'm going to botch his name, uh, Georges Mathieu. I think I got that. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm pronouncing Georges wrong, but George Mathieu. And again, uh, like Vangelis, I discovered this artist um, whose work and philosophy is so inspiring to me. So that the mature um, stuff looks really cool. And I actually had never heard of this artist. So I'm kind of excited to explore. Uh, so thanks so much, Rob, for such a thorough uh, answer to, uh, uh, to episode 137. And I'll, I'll finish what he says here. He says, thank you for your time. Uh, recently, when contemplating the statement to break a habit, you have to make a habit, I signed up at a local gym, and I also signed up for a Thai language course. Um, I'm also practicing my drums more than ever, and I try to keep active, active with positive things. Uh, and although I'm just coming off of relapse, I'm trying to become the type of man who doesn't look at porn. Uh, one of the most powerful episodes I've ever heard from your podcast. That was back earlier this year. Thank you very much for your continued inspiring and challenging podcast. I appreciate your wisdom deeply. Sincerely, Rob. Now, I read all that, and I, I want to include one last thing that Rob said uh, in a PS. He said, I wanted to email for a while, but the problem is whenever I relapse, I feel like I can't email Matt because I'm disqualified because of my failure. He wrote, well, I realize this is a shame. This is shame talking. And while I'm realistically realistic in looking at my sobriety, 
or lack of, I don't want to live in shame. Uh, anyways, once again, thank you. That is, um, that's the best thing you wrote, Rob, is this idea of when we feel disqualified, when we write off something that we want to do uh, because of porn, that is shame uh, talking. And um, so the way to break through shame is to be honest and vulnerable and to, to keep um, focusing on being transparent. And so I love the fact that you press through and sent such a detailed letter. It's awesome. Um, I'm really inspired by it. And, you know, you, you mentioned this in, in um, actually Albert too. Uh, you mentioned a number of other uh, self-care things that I completely ignored in my last podcast. So you mentioned uh, uh, going to the gym. Obviously, that's a good one. Um, doing more physical activity. Uh, Thai language course. I love language learning as a tool um, to go porn-free. It's, it's, if you're struggling with obsessive thoughts, uh, language learning, is, it takes so much effort. Um, it's a great tool, and I've known other guys who study languages uh, as part of their recovery plan. Uh, you talk about playing drums. Again, I'm not a musician, so that's one of the reasons why I didn't have music stuff, but someone else wrote me about uh, practicing their guitar and, uh, and just even learning uh, a new instrument, learning the bass. Um, so that's a great one, too. And then Albert mentioned, I forgot to call this out. You mentioned doing puzzles. There's another one um, that's, you know, kind of engaging your hands, engaging your mind. Um, and it's um, contemplative. Think about when you're doing puzzles. There's a, a sense of order, a sense of calm, a sense of, of um, uh, what's that word? Um, yeah, I guess contemplation when you're, when you're actually doing puzzles. Um, that I think is super healthy. So uh, to to break a habit, you have to make a habit. So look for things that engage your mind, uh, engage your creativity, uh, engage your hands. Um, it's again, there's no one tool. There we have a, a plan has a multiple groups of tools. But give yourself permission uh, to re-engage. What did what did he call it? What did Rob call it? That mythic imagination. Uh, it, unleash your imagination in your recovery. All right, let's get into this next email. This is from uh, a listener who we'll just call D. Uh, loved your purity podcast. I was wondering if you have any thoughts about how to maintain healthy emotional boundaries as a married man while engaging with and being present with women other than my wife. Or what are the um, healthy emotional uh, boundaries with women as a married man? I guess the idea is to engage and befriend women without developing unhealthy emotional connection. I know the standard ideas on this, but I wanted your take. Also, regarding your recent self-care podcast, um, I love museums. However, some kinds of illicit art can be slightly triggering for me. Do you have any thoughts about where to draw the line with nudity or sexuality or sensuality in art? And I'm talking about painting and sculptures here. And finally, he writes, P.S., until now, my wife hasn't been comfortable with me going to the gym, and I myself would concede that it is a little bit of a threat. Recently, I befriended a Jewish guy and learned that there's a Jewish-owned gym that has separate areas for men and women. Problem solved. So now I'm enrolled in the threat-less gym. Both my wife and I are happy. 
Well, I love this email. I love these questions. And I love this story about finding the Orthodox Jewish owned gym. And I wish, uh, I wish there was one in my neighborhood because I would consider going to it. Um, but uh, let me get to these questions. So I can answer the, the museum one real quickly. Um, here's the thing. Uh, you are the steward of your recovery in some ways. You're the one who's figuring out what works for you. And this is the true, this is true for me and true for everyone who listens. As you get recovery, uh, you get more sensitive, not less sensitive uh, to certain illicit things. It's not that you're triggered and go binging every time you see uh, something illicit. It's more that you're more affected by it. Great example is uh, last year, a couple times, uh, my wife and I went to plays and I didn't look at the content ahead of time. And in both plays, there was some sexual trauma. There was one play where there was uh, implied childhood sexual abuse. In the other uh, play, there was implied rape. I came out of those plays very stirred up, not aroused, but scared. Like, because I don't engage with that kind of stuff anymore. I don't engage with that sort of uh, level of sexuality and, and even some of that content. Um, so I realized I really need to read about plays before I go see them. And my wife and I actually made a rule that we don't go to any movie or play anymore without me looking at the content ahead of time. Just to protect myself. It's not because, it's not because after those plays I felt triggered to act out. It's after those plays I felt horrible. And so that's the way you need to navigate situations like museums, uh, plays, dances, art, um, is you need to get to know yourself and know what the threats are. Just like you going to the gym, you realize that's a bit of a threat. Um, being in some sort of art, in some types of art shows or museums might be a threat. Um, there's some artists that really use illicit sexuality to, to define their work. I mean, I think if there's a photographer named Robert Maplethorpe and a lot of his art is very sexual, um, I can't handle Maplethorpe. It's just, it's not, doesn't work with my recovery. And that's okay. There's plenty of art I can get into. And that's the key is you're in a museum, um, you know, go back to the Impressionists, go back to the Renaissance or whatever, whatever the, the periods are where there's more pastoral scenes or uh, different types of beauty, um, go to those things. And if there's things that are just pushing it for you, a lot of modern art, contemporary art can push uh, stuff. I mean, I've heard of uh, performance art where people are having simulated sex on stage. That's not going to work for me. Um, is it art? Maybe. Is it good art? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that, but whatever. It is what it is. It's just not for me. Uh, it's the same way... Um, it's the same way, you know, if you chose to, to keep kosher. I mean, just we talked about the Jewish shown gym, you know, if you kept, choose to keep kosher, um, there's a lot of food that just doesn't fit, you know, and you just eat other food. You eat the kosher food. So look for the things that work for you in your recovery and uh, let go of the things that don't work. Um, plenty of stuff out there. I mean, I mentioned the example in, in last week's episode about movies. You know, I've just pursued a lot more older movies. Um, because there's less threats.
All right, so let's get into your other question about emotional boundaries as a married man. Um, so I love how you said, you know, it's about engaging and being present with women. Um, and I, I think that's a healthy way to kind of go at it is the goal here is to be present, uh, to not withdraw in the fantasy or voyeurism, uh, to not get try to get illicit needs met in sort of a back door. I had a friend who used to call it picking, picking your pocket. Um, like, am I talking to you and kind of flirting with you in order to get some affirmation from you or to, or am I showing interest in you just to, to get something from you? Um, that's the idea of, uh, I'm not being honest or transparent. I'm being, I have a deceptive motive. Um, so, that's the first part is you want to start with the goal in mind. I want to engage and be present with other women. We all have women in our lives that we have to relate to and connect with on some level um, who are not our wives. And so how can we do that in a safe way? Um, and part of it is just like the art and things like that. Um, we need to figure out what are some of those things that are just not good for us? You know, for example, um, I don't like to have direct messages uh, with women in my life. So, you know, um, DMs in Facebook or Twitter, that doesn't, fe that feels kind of secretive to me. Um, so if I got a DM from someone, my uh, impulse, and I've done this, would be to try to bring it um, into real life. So, uh, hey, I saw that DM that you wrote the other day. Here's the answer that type of thing, where I'm not having a secret conversation that's hidden. Uh, I'm having a conversation that's open. So that's an example. Um, one prerequisite, one baseline thing that is going to be really helpful is eliminate any fantasy in your life about women. Um, and it's, you know, especially the women in your life. Uh, nothing will block uh, being present and engagement more than having this sort of harem in your head where you're uh, playing pornographic scenes out with the women in your life. Uh, it just creates a real block uh, to seeing them. And we talked about this in the, the purity episode about, um, you know, looking at women, but not seeing them. If you're engaging that part of you that's looking and being a voyeur and fantasizing, you're not going to really be able to see the woman in front of you and be present to her. Um, all right. So that's a couple ideas. Um, you know, some guys have positions, uh, where, you know, the, the sense of impropriety, if they, you know, uh, or, or whatever could be heightened. And so they'll create boundaries about not being in cars with women or having a one-on-one -on -one, um, meal, that type of thing. Um, I don't know if that's for everybody. I don't think everyone has to do that. Um, but you have to get to know yourself. Is there an illicit agenda? Is there anything um, that's unclean about this? And, and you talked about being married. So the person that's best to sort of dialogue and, and get feedback is your wife. Um, so like my wife has first of, uh, the right of first refusal, any Facebook request I get for a friend, she can veto with no questions asked. Um, 
if there's something uncomfortable or something that I'm not sure about, I can ask her. What do you think about? I'm going to be on this business trip. I was. Uh, I'm going to meet this colleague for dinner. What do you think about that? Are you okay with that? Um, what would make that feel safe for you? What or what do you think it's safe for me? You know, my wife knows me so well right now. She'd be like, mm, I don't think you want to do that. I think that's going to be pushing you a little bit. I think you're going to be trying to get some affirmation or something uh, from that situation. Um, so, uh, you know, and you talked about this with your wife, you know, um, with the gym, you know, you kind of got the idea that, that she wasn't comfortable with it. So that means you were talking about it and that it was out in the open. That's the kind of dialogue you want to have. And she's having that dialogue with you. You know, there's situations at her work where, um, you know, she has guys who are talking to her and, and relating and, you know, maybe sending friend requests, that type of thing. You want to be talking with her about her relationships with guys. Um, and just making sure that things are transparent and open. Um, so those are a couple of the things I'd say, make sure that you're really on the same page with your wife on all these situations and be building trust with her. Uh, I think when we've been struggling with porn, uh, we're at a disadvantage because there's a lack of trust. Um, so it's hard to have some of these conversations at first, but as you grow in recovery, it becomes easier and your wife becomes a great ally in navigating these situations. So I wish you best, the best. And, uh, all right, let's keep going. Uh, any suggestions for, uh, alternatives to SAA meetings? And, um, this comes from, uh, this comes from a guy named Jay. Uh, I'm, just, I'm withholding the name here. I have a postcard and a letter for you, but I couldn't find your address. Uh, he said, I'm a 24 year old student studying in London. Um, uh, just wanted to say, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. You've been a, a big positive impact on my life. So thanks. Uh, I listened to all your episodes two or three times uh, since I discovered Porn Free Radio in June 2016. Episode 34 got me on board. You helped me start to learn and understand how God loves me no matter what I'm doing, my achievements, or how I feel about myself. Boy, episode 34. I got to look this up. Um, believe it or not, guys, I don't remember every episode. So let me see what that one was. Um Oh, hope for the porn addicted Christian. Okay, that was a good episode. There was a it was a two part series. I said uh, episode thirty three was hope for the porn addicted agnostic, and uh, thirty four was hope for the porn addicted Christian. And it, I talk about Christians, but I really wanted to talk about um, you know guys who are religiously motivated um, and what they bring to recovery and. And what things they need to learn. Uh, so that's a great episode. Um, I'm glad you listened to that. Um, I've been to several SAA and church support groups since I started listening to you. I've been masturbation free since April 2017 and porn free since I started listening to your podcast. Wow, awesome. What is that? A year and a half? That's incredible. For a 24-year-old? Woo! That's like in, in married guy years. Uh, that's like five years. <laughs> Uh, I personally feel nervous when I think about these things in terms of streaks, but now I realize that for me, it's more about doing monthly sprints, daily tracking, and developing new habits, which lead to more connection with myself and others. Anyway, you have a lovely voice, and I really admire your ability to focus on the listeners and make it a, 
all about us, regardless of any compliments or criticisms you receive. How do you do it? I, I can answer that question. How do I do it? I do it with editing. So if you ever hear me being very gentle and gracious to a criticism, it's because I've edited out the negative responses <laughs> and just kept in the positive. Um, <laughs> so that's how you do it. Um, I hope that one day I've, I have the attitude and I plan to help out with a church support group for addictive behaviors in the near future. Well, you can definitely start doing it now. Uh, with your recovery. I mean, you'd have a lot to share with any group that you're in about things you're doing. Uh, best wishes for your future. Looking forward to hearing new content. Keep it up. We're really listening. Jay, and he has a PS. Quick question. I had a tough time with SAA meetings. They're quite intimidating for me as a young, single Christian guy struggling with internet pornography addiction as opposed to most of the other people struggling with sex addiction. Any suggestions for alternatives? I've tried church supports groups, which has been good, but they're short-term. All right, Jay, let me just dive into that question real quick. Um, I totally get it. Um, this, some of the sex addicts meetings, you can feel a little lost if you're just struggling with porn. Now, porn is a subset of sex addiction, so uh, we are in the same ballpark, um, but there it can be challenging um it can be triggering there can be other uh things where it doesn't where we don't feel like we relate i mean i've heard of guys going to meetings and and some of the more what i would consider more immature sex addicts are saying things like oh you just struggle with porn like i wish it was just i wish it was just that for me um you know i mean i've heard that kind of talk before um, so it's tough. So do I have any couple of ideas? Well, one idea that I have um, that I'm going to put in the show notes, if you go to recoveredman.com slash 138, it's recoveredman.com slash 138, um, is my friend Nate Larkin, Christian guy, started a thing called Samson Society. And it's kind of a loose support group for guys, or it's not loose, there's, there's you know, um, order and there's kind of a way that they do things. And um, he recently started trying to offer some online meetings. So I know you're over in across the pond. Um, maybe there's an online Samson support meeting that you could join and try. Uh, it's free and it's Christian based. So that's the one suggestion I have. There's a couple others. Uh, X3 groups is another one by triple X church. Uh, that's a paid group. And then there's another paid group, um, uh, what's a, uh, uh, brave hearts community, um, mighty men network. This is Michael Leahy's group. Uh, I'll put the links in the show notes. Of course there's rev groups uh, and we've had, uh, guys from, from Europe in rev groups. So that's always an option too. You're a young guy, so it might not totally fit for you financially, but, um, definitely an option also. Um, and who knows one, one day, uh, when I have more time, uh, you know, maybe, Maybe there's a new meeting format that we need, a 12-step meeting uh, format that uses some of the tools that we talk about but focuses just on porn. Um, because I think more and more people, there's a whole bunch of people out there who struggle with porn, and they wouldn't have been sex addicts 20, 30 years ago because um, it just there was so much consequence, so hard to act out. Um, but with the accessibility of the internet, I think we've seen a rise in 
and what I'd consider porn only sex addicts or, you know, sort of these entry level behavior sex addicts. So great question. All right, let's get through uh, these last couple here. Uh, do you have any books you recommend for wives with uh, men, uh, for wives of men with porn addiction? Um, and uh, this came from Tom. And I just mentioned Michael Leahy. I was at this Breaking Free Summit, and there was a woman who spoke, Barbara, Dr. Barbara Steffens, and she wrote a book called Your Sexually Addicted Spouse, How Partners Can Cope and Heal. And I have not read this yet, but I've heard amazing things about this. And uh, I'm in the process of watching her talks at the summit. Um, so that's the first place I would start. Uh, it's come highly recommended to me. Um, and uh, the next one, uh, the other one that I've talked about before on the show is Stop Sex Addiction, Real Hope, True Freedom for Sex Addicts and Partners by Milton S. Magnus. And that's where we get the fast check-in from and some other great stuff there. So that's a great resource too. Both of those are on Amazon. Uh, so check those out and let me know uh, what you think about those. And, and also, you know, I'll have a link to, I think it's an episode 135 when I interview Michael Leahy. Uh, you can still get access to the Breaking Free Summit. So if you didn't um, get into that, you can buy an all access pass for 199 bucks uh, and get access to all of Barbara Steffen's teachings. And the cool thing was every day they had interviews and resources for wives of men with porn addiction and couples. Um, so if your wife is struggling to find good, healthy resources, that would be a great place to start because there's some great uh, women um, who talk about their stories in there. There's great women who give advice to partners. And then there's couples talking about how they navigated this. Um, so it might be really helpful for both you and your partner. Thanks for the question, Tom. All right. And this, uh, interestingly enough, Craig sent me an email in which he recommends your sexually addicted spouse uh, by Barbara Steffens. Uh, so uh, Craig wrote, hey, hey, Matt, uh, here's two books that resonated with me. Um, and the two books dovetailed with me. The, the Biology of Desire by Dr. Mark Lewis. Um, that suggests addiction is more like a natural brain-body reaction than a disease, and your sexually addicted spouse by Dr. Steffens, which makes the case against the co-addicted model, the co-diseased model, suggesting instead a partner's seemingly uh, additive response to their partner's addition, addiction. Um, I'm sorry. Suggesting instead a partner's seemingly addictive response to their partner's addiction is really a natural response to the trauma brought on by betrayal. Okay, so um, Craig uh, included a couple of sample chapters uh, from these two books. And again, I'm in the process of going to read this sexually addicted spouse uh, book, uh, but I love coming at this from a new way of, of giving tools and really linking trauma, the trauma of, of the betrayal um, to first getting healing for that as a way to move forward. I think one thing that spouses um, get, in a tr get in a challenge to do is they actually get stuck um, trying to help their partner before um, they can start to get healing for some of the trauma 
uh, that that's come from the betrayal. So they're ba essentially trying to help uh, from a place of of actually being wounded. Um, so I I totally think that's a great place to start, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into that. Uh, as for this other book um, by Mark Lewis, it's another great suggestion here, and he breaks down this idea that addiction results uh, from the motivated repetition of the same thoughts and behaviors until they become habitual. So what he's saying is that we're uh, doing these motivated things over and over, same types of thoughts, and the, the habits become cemented in us. Um, he, his model is that the addiction is learned. And I, I, I think this is true. I mean, I started Porn Free Radio to talk about creating new habits. And I think even in the first episode, I talked about a habit loop or getting stuck in a habit loop. So I totally started the podcast from that kind of perspective. I think the one thing uh, about the disease model that I think makes sense, um, and if you've been in AA or if you read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, I still don't believe they think it's a legit, like a real disease. I think it's metaphorical. Um, maybe, maybe some people do, but, but what I like to think of it is I don't know why I was more prone to get addicted or to build this habit with porn. I don't know if it was the trauma that I had as a kid or if it was the way my parents raised me or maybe it was my religion or whatever it was. I don't know what made me more vulnerable to porn than other people. Um, so that's where the disease model uh, I kind of like, or the disease metaphor. Why? Because who would choose to be a porn addict? Like, or who would choose to do, to get this? It's like, who would choose to have cancer? It just happened. I don't know why it happened to me, but it happened. Um, so I don't know if I, I mean, I don't, you don't hear me saying disease a lot, or even, I don't even use the word addiction a lot. Um, I talk about creating new habits, letting go of things that aren't serving me. And so, uh, you know, I think this group, this book, I would probably agree with, with some of the premise. Um, but I'm not, I'm not entrenched in making a disease argument either. Uh, I feel like sometimes books are uh, trying to lure me into arguments I'm not having. I'm not having an argument that the disease model is the only model for recovery. Uh, I'm not having an argument that porn is or is not an addiction. Um, I read this great comment on Reddit, and it's by a listener, and I, uh, I don't have it in my notes, but he said something like, this is the end of a, this is an awesome thread where this is the last line in the thread, a big Reddit thread. He said, if science some, at some point comes out and says, this is not an addiction, like if science definitively says it's not an addiction, porn, it can't be addictive, whatever. I still don't want this in my life. And that is my starting point. Whether science calls it an addiction or not, whether uh, a recovery group calls it a disease or not, I, it's just semantics. Who cares? I just don't want this in my life anymore. So... That's the way I look at it, and that's the way I think about it. So great suggestions. 
Once again, Biology of Desire by Mark Lewis and Your Sexually Addicted Spouse by Barbara Stuffins. Um, all right, let's get to this last question. I saved this one for the last. Dauber, why do you watch CNN? <laughs> Legitimate question. Um, so uh, he writes, uh, don't know if you remember me. Hope all's well. I've been thinking of you for writing for some time. I listen to you, uh, listen to your often great podcasts. Uh, looking forward to the release of your upcoming Porn Free this year. Um, and he's talking about, I, I released a training called Porn Free this year, and you can get access to it at recoveredman.com slash this year. Uh, and you can sign up to, to get immediate access to that video. Anyway, he's looking forward to that. Um, I don't want to be negative, but I was a bit shocked when you say you are a Christian, but yet in your podcast, you mentioned you were looking at CNN Lots of exclamation points. CNN is not on the side of Christians. Now, he goes on to kind of talk about some of the things he feels CNN is biased with and kind of gently rebukes me. And um, I wrote back, thanks for checking in. Um, by the way, I live in Chicago, land of no Republicans and very few Christians. So CNN is the least of our problems, LOL. And this is true. I mean, I live in an area that uh, doesn't is is a very blue, the bluest of the blue states. So we don't talk about politics on this show, but that's the truth. I mean, I, I just live in an area that's very blue. So if you're in a red state and you're a strong Republican or a strong Christian or whatever, you and I, we don't have as much in common because I live in a very different world than you, <laughs> a very different place. Um, so anyway... But this is why I wanted to share this question because our this this uh, um, note and um, I don't know the guy's name. Oh, he has a kind of a pseudonym in his email, so I'm not sure if that's his name or uh, business or what. But um, um, but this is why I wanted to share this, and I'm going to end with this. He wrote back to me after I kind of joked joked about CNN's the least of our problems. He wrote back a little more of what his thoughts were. And, and you know, I, I get the criticism and, the, and what he was saying. But he said this, and this is so uh, reflective and, and um, this really gets to the point. Okay, I've touched on that. But I wonder to myself if the real reason I get miffed by you mentioning CNN is that part of my mind is trying to do everything it can to prevent me from leaving behind. So I want to leave you with that idea. The real reason I get miffed by you mentioning CNN is that part of my mind is trying to do everything it can to prevent me leaving porn behind. So I share this as an example because, you know, some guys might like what I'm talking about. Other guys might not. They, you might have reactions. You might have reactions to things I've done or said. Uh, maybe you didn't like the heavy metal music in episode 137. I don't know what it is. But ask yourself, is there anything that I've touched on? Or is there anything that I've stumbled across that has pissed you off or upset you? Maybe you're upset that I just said the word pissed. I don't know. Um, and then ask yourself, is there a part of you that wants to stay 
with porn, wants to stay connected to that habit and are looking for a reason to discount uh, what I'm saying. Just keep that in mind. Not everything that I give, not everything I say is perfect. And it's not all advice that maybe would even work for you. Um, but give yourself that question if you ever get really upset by the show. Um, I've seen that sometimes in some criticisms and emails where I, I wonder if that's what's going on. So it was so cool to see, um, to see even in this sort of uh, interchange um, that there was an awareness that, hey, maybe the real reason I'm getting miffed is it's that part of me um, that doesn't want to let go doesn't want to let go of the porn and wants to find a way to get mad at Dauber uh, than to, to deal with the, uh, the issue. Well, that's about it for this episode. I mean, there's a lot more that I could add and say, and, and, um, but no matter when you're listening to this, um, you know, have a great year. This can be the year that you go porn free, uh, just like Dave, uh, just like um, Kevin, uh, you know, just like, uh, who was it? Um, uh, Jay in, uh, in England, um, who's at a year and a half. I mean, those guys are, those are real guys just like you. Uh, and if they can do it, you can do it too. So, uh, work on getting that plan together, work on, um, building more connection in your life and, um, and keep pressing in and we're going to keep doing the podcast. Uh, there's some exciting new things in 2018 uh, that I'm going to share when they're a little more established and, and, uh, and I'm excited about some new ideas and new things that we're going to work on. Um, but it's been great working with you this year. 2017 has been a great year for porn free radio. And, uh, I hope it's, uh, I hope 2018 is a great year for you going forward in recovery and that this is the year that you really turn the corner on this. All right, guys, as always this week and this year, take hope, take action, and be good.